I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's V-Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's fight against cancer. Good morning. It is time to get up with a Monday night comeback by Justin Fields. But it wasn't pretty, and there is one very big question still in Chicago. Plus, fly, Eagles, fly. Are all these comeback wins going to catch up to Jalen Hurts and company? Is Philly really in a class by itself? And Jalen isn't the only one getting MVP buzz. So is this guy. But Dak, he's not exactly impressed with himself. We're going to talk about all that and a lot more as we get up with you. Yeah. Oh, this Tuesday morning. Good energy, bro. Next go. man yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Mike, who? I'm Dan Graziano. <laughs> <Adam and> Green. <laughs> we got RG3. We got Dominique. We got Jeff Saturday with the pancakes. And we start with Monday night football. Bears and Vikings. Capping off week 12, Justin Fields and Joshua Dobbs ready to go head-to-head. And, look, we're just going to skip ahead to the fourth quarter. Because there you go. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Vikings down 9-3, first and 10 from their own 36. Dobbs pressured. We saw that once, twice, three, oh, four times. Yeah, four times. Time. Picked off last we night. Oh. Next, Bears drive, second and 10 from the Vikings, 22. Fields drops back. He's pressured. That ball comes loose. And it is recovered by Sheldon Day of Minnesota. Vikings defense is fired up. Field says, that's my bad. We already knew that. Next Vikings drive. <laughs> First and 10 from the Bears, 17. Dot, this is a touchdown. Only Here we touchdown go. The game. Let's talk about it. What's that? A uh, touchdown? What are those? We're trying not to that? get those. We're trying to take a lot of field goals to make it more interesting. <laughs> Vikings up 10-9. Bears looking to respond. 1-15 to go in the fourth. Second and 10. Fields feels the pressure, and he throws it to... There's the vicinity of a receiver, Graz. In that there were also receivers in the building along with him. There was no intentional (laughs) grounding ball. Yeah, I mean, hey, catchable maybe if he had like an 11-foot receiver. But anyway, (laughs) next play, third and 10 from the Vikings, 49. This is Fields over the middle of DJ Moore. Where do you go to school, Nick? Go Terps. That's right. (laughs) That gets him down to the 13. Bears just run the clock down from there. It was one of their best plays of the night. Sets up a 30-yard attempt for Cairo Santos. Kick is up. Good. MVP. MVP. All 12 points on the foot of Cairo Santos. Bears win it 12 to 10. Rough night for Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings. I guess a good one for Justin Fields and the Bears. But here's the story, right? The Bears have control of the draft board. This is they own the number one pick because of the trade they made in last year's draft with Carolina. Carolina has the worst record in the league. They also have the number four pick as of now in the draft. So the question is, after this night where they don't score a touchdown, even though they won, you know, what what is the deal with Justin Fields in Chicago? Are they if that's if these shadows remain unchanged, right, and they're picking first, yeah. they keep Fields and build around him, or do they take a quarterback up there? I know I'm gonna get yelled at, but you gotta take the quarterback. Ooh. You gotta move on from mm. Justin Fields. And it's not because Justin Fields isn't good. 
but he's not consistent. He's been good in times. Like, what we saw from him last week is exciting, but the thing about Justin Fields that it could be him, it could be the team, it could be the coaching staff, but every play looks like a fire drill, and sometimes it turns out to be an amazing result, but sometimes it turns out to be a disaster, and it does. It never feels like he's comfortable in this offense. And again, it's not to put it all on him. I'm sure there are reasons why the offense is not as developed that aren't his fault. But the facts are the facts, and I think it's time for, to turn over the page and start with someone new, restart that rookie clock, maybe even look at uh, some new leadership there. But I don't think that they're going to make it work with Fields. Well, Nick, Nick, you're right. I completely disagree with you. There you um, go. <laughs> the, the, the question is, what is the Bears' record right now? It's yeah. four and eight. Mm. So if you're going to draft a quarterback, are you trusting this current staff to be able to bring that guy in, whether it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix Jr., Jaden Daniels from LSU, whoever it is, are you going to trust that staff to be able to build around that guy? So for me, the way I look at it is Justin Fields does have five games to prove that he can be the guy in Chicago. He wasn't the reason they necessarily won the game last night, but he also wasn't the reason that they lost. He didn't hurt the team. You look at his average yards per throw, it felt like he was only throwing the ball about three right. yards down the field until that throw to DJ Moore. Right. So for me, I say it's not just Justin Fields who has five games to prove it. Yeah. It's this staff that has yeah. five games to prove that they can either build around Justin Fields or give the front office the, or the owner the belief that they can go get a young quarterback and actually help him be successful. Yeah. Let me just help you with the young quarterback thing, right? We had three picked pretty high in the draft this year, right? One's on IR, one's one in 10, and one's balling. Yep. So you got 33% chance, right? Great <laughs> great odds there, right? So but we're going to go got, pick this but, thing up. But they got two picks. Yeah, so, so my you know. issue with the yeah, my <laughs> issue with the Bears is trade your first pick. How about now we have DJ Moore, we got Justin Fields, now we get two first-rounders, two second-rounders. Now we build out our entire team. Don't go. just rely on one guy thinking he's going to come in and be all that. And every listen, they got DJ Moore now, right? So you're seeing you put an elite receiver with a guy, can you help him? Bring in another receiver, right? Help this football team get better. And they have a lot, a lot of holes, not just at quarterback. I think you stick with fields, continue to develop them, and move from there. I love that philosophy of building up the team around them. But there, every now and then, a particular player comes through the draft, and there are guys that you can't miss on. So if yep. you see what happened in um, in Carolina. That's in part because they got the wrong guy because there is, excuse me, there is a generational talent in that draft and they missed him. So if you then go and pass on these quarterbacks for someone in Justin Fields who we've seen, at least in this situation, it doesn't work, go ahead and pass on if you want to. You're going to lose your job in 11 that, weeks. But that's, uh, I, 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 I don't think that Carolina picked the wrong guy. What they ended up doing is they picked the guy that the coach didn't want. That's the reason that you fired Frank Wright and Josh McCown and Deuce Staley all in one fell swoop. Right. I don't think that they missed on the guy. It's just because it's of Stroud's success, so they're my, upset about that. The point I was making, I was trying yeah. to make, wasn't that, that they missed that was a problem. It was that if someone comes in the league that you pass on, right. and they yeah, show, yeah, 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 and then yeah, they yeah, show yeah, 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 that they are good enough to that drop in a situation. Where was, yeah. where was Mahomes pick? What was Mahomes pick? Mahomes is the 10th pick. Okay. We're getting a little far afield, and we are going to talk more about Carolina. Yeah, grab the reins, baby. Later there you go, bro. That's how you hold Look at him holding the show together. Now I want to talk about a guy that was taken in the second round and has turned out to be pretty good. The biggest story in the NFL right now is the Eagles. Yeah. The Eagles of the comeback. An NFL record tying four in a row they have won after trailing at halftime. All started four weeks ago in Washington. The Eagles trailed by seven at halftime, but Jalen Hurts threw three second-half touchdowns to bring them back. The next week, 
They trailed the Cowboys by three at halftime, and Hurts brought them back again with second-half touchdown passes to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Mm. Last week, my last Monday, remember how good last Monday night's game was? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, in the Super Bowl rematch, Chiefs led by 10 at halftime, but a fourth-quarter touchdown run by Hurts and some timely drops from Kansas City receivers led to a 21-17 Eagles victory. Well, I'm just, I'm just giving you the fact. <laughs> and Sunday, they were down 10 at halftime. Philly came back again, ended with a walk-off touchdown run by Hurts in overtime electrifying. Here's Rex Ryan yesterday on all these Eagles comebacks and what they mean. They're not getting any knockouts. So when you judge teams, you want to knock teams out. All right? It's like a boxer that all he does is he wins by decision. They keep winning by decision. Mm. And I'm wondering if there's other teams that have closed the gap and they feel like, Mm. hey, you know what? We got that knockout. Jeff? Uh, Rex didn't have a lot of knockout teams either, right? Like, like Rex played nasty defense. Mm. He had a quarterback that he was like, hey, we're going to ground and pound big Damian Woody. Like, their team was built. They weren't looking for knockouts. They were looking for slugfest, win it late, win it in the fourth quarter, and they did it. Went to two AFC championship games with that style. I don't think knockouts really matter. I think dubs matter, and the way that the Eagles are getting them, it is, it is a sustainable way to win, right? Whether it's O-line taking over the game late, whether it's Jalen Hurts making some plays with his legs, whether it's A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith picking it up, or whether sometimes you get lucky and somebody drops in the end zone. Right. It happens for all teams. But listen, don't, don't judge them on quality of win. Right. I, I'm just telling you, I was with a team, we, we had a lot of knockouts. We played some really good teams that just squeaked by and still got a lot of championships there up in New England. So, Mm. you know, when we play some good teams, it doesn't just happen that way, right? The Eagles are finding ways to win, and I think two brand-new coordinators. Nick Sirianni has done a fantastic job. This team finds ways to win. you got to respect it, man. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess the question that we want to dig – and the thing that Rex was getting at is – you know, coming, having to come back in the second half every single week right. is a tough way to live. Yeah. Like, if you get to January and February and you've got to win three, four in a row like that, can you do it? Yeah, it's not a sustainable strategy is, I think, what he's getting at. But Jeff's point is the right one. In, in, um, in Rex's defense, we don't know what to say about the Eagles at this point. Right. It's right. hard to come up with right. things keep to winning. say about. Like, they just keep finding ways to win, and they do make good decisions. And I think the coordinators have both gotten good in making the right situation at the right time. They aren't dominant, but you can see, like, the trap call on defense, the perfect one to get that interception at that moment. You can see they turn to the running attack of the quarterback. Whenever there's trouble, that's what they do. RPO. They run a draw or RPO or something, and that gets them out of it. And then at the end of the game, it's hard to, to, to not have confidence in Jalen Hurts right. in the way that he does in late-game situations and in big games. We've seen it in the Super Bowl. So Rex needed something to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just talk about Rex, talk about boxing, right? You don't put up against wins in the NFL how many knockouts a team had. And one of the greatest boxers of all time was Floyd Mayweather, and he won by decision a lot at the end of his career. So I just throw that out the window. But when you look at the Eagles, I think the most impressive thing is we always try to quantify things in the NFL. For the Eagles, they're, they're without their boss right tackle, talking about Lane Johnson. They, go out, you're they, really score, oh, they go out and score 37 points and win the game. When the San Francisco 49ers were out there, Pro Pro Bowl left tackle. They lost both games and only scored 17 points. So the question for me really becomes, is Jalen Hurts now the one that is carrying the Eagles potentially to a Super Bowl victory? He's been on a mission all year long after that loss to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl to get back to where they want to be. And you look at his reaction on the field after uh, Jake Elliott made 
Yeah. Game time field goal. Yeah. He's pissed off on the sideline because he wanted to go score a touchdown right. and end the game. This man is on a mission, singularly focused, and no one's going to stop him. Four of the five touchdowns he had in the game in the second half. Yeah. This guy's unbelievable. Can I, can I say this about the way that they scored as well? These aren't like a one-step slant that some receiver's taking this thing 50 yards. These are methodical drives where the ball is being moved and executed down the field. And the other part is, as Hurts is getting healthier, you're seeing them use him in the run game. That makes that offense brutal. And they didn't use it early in the season because he was banged up or maybe they didn't want to get him banged up. But as this thing gets on, and by the way, let's talk about who they just beat, right? They beat the Chiefs. Mm. They beat the Bills, right? Mm. They beat the Cowboys. They beat the Cowboys. So as you're looking at these teams of who they're playing, and other teams scoring. And those teams are scoring. So when you're looking at this thing, man, it, listen, the Eagles, the way their offense has played, they it, it, it is a slugfest. They don't have to be the prettiest. They still find a way to score 37. That's pretty good. You brought up the question, can they win like this three times in a row in the playoffs? You just pointed out. They just did it. They just, yeah. did, <laughs> they just did it. Against right. playoff Against caliber playoff teams. Kind of team. Championship yeah. contending teams, teams that we all expect well, maybe not the Bills, but we all believe the Bills are good enough. They're a team that we thought could be in championship contention. To do sure. that against the Cowboys at home, then go to Kansas City to yep. do it, and then do it against the Bills at home, it's impressive. And can you do it week in, week out? I think it's probably you go to field over any particular team, but if you're making me pick one team right yeah. now, that's right. it's hard not to that's pick right. And right. listen, right. Allen played his best game. but Whoa. He lit it up. That's, that's their was, best. He was unbelievable, yes. and Hurts still found a way to beat it. Look, they got San Francisco coming up, yep. then Ooh. they get Dallas again. It doesn't get any easier, but the Eagles just keep winning no matter who it is that's out there against them. When we come back, speaking of the Cowboys, has anybody been better than Dak Prescott, who's finally getting MVP buzz, but doesn't sound all that impressed with what he's doing himself. Plus, Josh Allen, we talked about it. He was great Sunday until he wasn't. A couple of massive mistakes and some real questions about why he and the Bills can't seem to win those close games. And it's Tuesday, and you know what that means. The pancakes are back. Jeff Saturday with the best blocks of the week. Yeah. All that and more coming up on Way to Go. Get us. That's right. Why you go post the hell out of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Get Up is brought to you by Hulu. Get Hulu with ads for 99 cents a month for a year. Terms apply. Hey, it's Tuesday, so it is time for some overreactions. I'm going to say something. You guys tell me whether I'm overreacting or not. Dominique Foxworth, the Panthers blew it by taking Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. Is that an overreaction? I mean, it certainly doesn't feel like an overreaction. I think it's not fair to call Bryce Young a a flop just yet or a bust just yet. But what you see C.J. Stroud doing out there, that is real. So if anybody passes up on a player like that, it certainly feels like somebody blew it. Everybody blew it if we're not trading up to get this guy and not Bryce Young. People already getting fired in Carolina uh, for that not working out. Robert, uh, Russell Wilson and the Broncos will make the playoffs. Is that an overreaction? It is not an overreaction. Listen, they're one of the hottest teams in the league. Five-game winning streak, and they have four straight wins against teams with a winning record. Listen, Sean Payton, if he can get these Broncos into the playoffs after starting one and five, he should certainly be NFL Coach of the Year. All right, well, we'll oh, see about that. Wow. Broncos are heating up. Jeff Saturday, if I said the Bills can't win the Super Bowl with Josh Allen as their quarterback, am I overreacting? I would say you were high. <laughs> I mean, like, really? It's not hey, the question. We're, we're saying it is, it is saying you and Mad Dog went on the gummies together. Oh no, I'm saying he can definitely – Josh Allen can definitely win the Super Bowl. The Bills can win it with him. I don't know what you were thinking this morning. When you I'm just, trying, just doing a TV show. That's all. I was trying to get some overreactions in. Anyway, yesterday on Get Up, Ryan Clark was here. He defended Josh Allen, said Josh wasn't the reason they lost, but he does need to step up and make a big play or two to help his team. Well, you know what? Listen to it. RC said it better than me. Listen to him. <laughs> we have to remember this is the way we quantify quarterback play. This That's is the right. way we look at quarterback greatness. It is the one mistake Sometimes, just like sometimes it's the one great play that allows your team to win. Josh Allen is not the reason the Buffalo Bills lost yesterday. Yes. But Josh Allen could have been the reason they that win. they won. So Josh Allen in his career is 0-6 in overtime games. That includes the playoffs. That's the most losses without a win or tie in overtime games by a starting quarterback of all time. Buffalo now, yeah, right? Now, Buffalo's 1-4 and four on the road this season. All four road losses have been decided by one score. Allen was incredible on Sunday, just, just incredible. But he's also 2-6 and six in one-score games. So the question is, do we trust Josh Allen to win a game for Buffalo in the biggest moments? Yeah, I mean, we do. Like, you look at the Eagles game, that's him going up against another great quarterback. Right. We had this conversation on Monday Night Countdown about what quantifies greatness. And to me, like, it's a forever moving target. If you're saying Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, no one's ever going to amount to what Tom Brady did winning seven Super Bowl rings. Who's the greatest in the game right now? It's Patrick Mahomes. And it's okay to say that Josh Allen isn't as great 
as Patrick Mahomes. But he still is a great quarterback, and the way that he's been playing has been out of his mind. So for me, this conversation needs to shift over to the defense. It's not about hey. Josh Allen anymore. What has cost the Bills in those close games this year? You're talking about cover zero against the Broncos when they get the P.I. call. You're talking about 12 men on the field mm. when they miss the field goal and they yep. get another crack at it for the Broncos. And then this past week, calling cover zero in a gotta-have-it moment. If I'm Jordan Foyer or Micah Hyde, I'm going out there and I'm putting Sean McDermott in a Draymond Green chokehold. Oh. You ain't calling cover zero no more in these moments because it's come back to bite us. Everyone in the stadium against the Eagles knew that they were going to run quarterback draw. Mm -hmm. They do the beautiful motion out the side, get everybody flowing one way. Kelsey yeah. comes out, makes a nice block. And if you're the offensive coordinator for the Eagles and Brian Johnson, you're saying, gotcha. Because yeah. I know what you're going to call. So it's not Josh Allen that is costing the Bills games. It's their defense. In the fourth quarter right now, they've given up 66 points in their six losses. There you go. Yeah. Unbelievable. The, uh, the tough thing is, yes, Josh Allen could not make those turnovers. But they're going to happen. When you ask him to put the team on his back and ask him to do amazing things week in and week out, there are times when things are going to go wrong. You mentioned Patrick Mahomes. He's not the measuring stick. He's one of the few guys in Aaron Rodgers in his prime who can put up 30-plus touchdowns, almost 40 touchdowns or more than 40 touchdowns, and just a few interceptions. Do not expect that from anyone else. Nope. And I do think that when we talk about quantifying greatness, we do think about Super Bowls. We do think about playoff wins. Yep. But it's not always about the plays that the quarterbacks make. Yep. Like, if you can play well enough to win and still lose, as Correct. Josh Allen knows incredibly well yes. throughout the course of this. And you're right. A 60-yard field goal, a damn near 60-yard field goal yeah. in the driving rain yep. is the reason why he comes up short. So, yeah, if he doesn't throw that interception backed up, they don't lose. But if he doesn't throw that interception, he probably doesn't make all the rest of those plays. You're Correct. taking the, some of the aggressiveness out of his um, game play. But he's leading the league in interceptions, yeah. right? He's I mean, like, like that's the thing. Like, is that yeah. not a concern? Like, is, is that not to get cleaned up if, they need, yeah, if they're going to win? Yeah, you obviously you want to limit any kind of interception or any kind of turnovers in there. But to, but to everybody's point, this is not a Josh Allen-only issue, right? Like, like, you have the Patriots. Like, that game should have been over. The Patriots drive it all the way down yeah. to win that game, right? And, and, and you brought the point of the, the, the points in the fourth quarter that the Bills oh are giving up. Again, Josh Allen goes down and they kick a field goal. To, at some point, your defense has got to step up, right? You're walking off the field with the lead, right. right? This was the Peyton Manning conversation when he was in Indianapolis. If you lost to Tom Brady, right? he loses to Patrick Mahomes. We're, we're saying he's still not a great quarterback. He loses to, to Jalen Hurts on a great performance. We're going to say it, you know, we're going to say it's Josh Allen. It's, at some point, you got to give him credit for all the good that he is sure. doing to get this team into where they are. Because, by the way, he is their offense. Right. They don't have a sustained run game without Josh Allen. They don't have the big plays. With How many third and six and longers did he convert the other night against Philly? Whether he throws the interception, they ain't getting those. So, so those are still drive killers, no different than the interception. So when you're looking at Josh Allen, I, I can't stand people talking about like his greatness or is he good enough to win yeah. this. Or, he is plenty good enough, but the guys around him have to step up, and at this point, they are not. You talked about him leading the league in interceptions basically <laughs> since he's been a starting quarterback. Leading the offense, and, yeah. And, and, that's, and that's true. But he also, this year, has the highest QBR in the NFL in the fourth quarter. Right. So it's like he is playing his tail off. And when you look at his stats from this past game, this offense, 505 yards, mm -hmm. converted 59% of their third downs, yeah. four touchdowns and five red zone trips. They ran 27 more plays than the Eagles did and had an edge of 40 to 27 in time of possession. Yeah. yeah. 
You're telling me that Josh Allen didn't do everything he could do in nope, that game I, to I win, that he and Jalen Hurts was just that much better. I think that's what happened. Problem is, the Bills head into their bye week now at six and six, yes, and yes. wondering if they can actually get back to the playoffs when they started the season as one of the Super Bowl favorites. So, getting late, early out there in Buffalo. Hey, ESPN Bet is the official sportsbook of ESPN. For exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities, sign up for the ESPN Bet app. All users get $200 in bonus bets after making any sportsbook bet. Download the app and sign up today. What a play. Coming up, Dak on the attack. The Cowboys are red hot. Do they need to catch the Eagles to make a Super Bowl run? We will discuss that. Plus, could Jalen Milrow and the Crimson Tide beat Georgia on Saturday and still miss the playoff? It's possible. We're going to talk about it with Paul and Heather when we come back. You're watching. Get up. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are back on Get Up, and week 13 kicks off in just two days with Dak and the Cowboys hosting the Seahawks. After a week nine loss to the Eagles, the Cowboys won three games in a row. The streak started with a blowout win over the Giants when Dak threw for 404 yards and four touchdowns. Got him. The very next week, the Cowboys traveled to Carolina, and again, Dak played well, throwing for two touchdowns on his way to another easy 33-10 victory. And on Thanksgiving, the Dak attack kept on rolling. He had four more touchdown passes to beat the Commanders. Mm. No one's playing better right now than Dak. And he was asked yesterday about being mentioned in the MVP conversation. Here's what he had to say about that. What I say to myself is I, really, I haven't done shit. You know what I mean? It's um, regular season. Numbers are great. We're getting wins. That's, what, that's what's most important. But at the end of the day, we're trying to stack and keep growing this team to make sure that we're getting better each and every week. I mean, what are we supposed Woo. to do if Dak's going to say he ain't right? do nothing? Like the he whole took your bet. Yeah, the, the, whole, <laughs> the whole thing that we do is say, hey, Dak, you're playing MVP level football. Do it in the playoffs, yeah. even though it's not the playoffs. So what are we supposed to do if Dak undercuts our whole industry? Come on, Dak. Dak got hold of the rundown is what happened. <laughs> Dak playing chess. Part of the chess. show. Look, I, the schedule's going to get tougher, right? Yeah. Obviously, I mean, like they, they have the Seahawks and they have the Eagles again, and then it gets yes. tougher after that. Do you expect him to keep playing at this level even against the tougher competition? Oh, uh, 100%. And I got to give a shout-out to Mike McCarthy as well, right? Yeah. He, him and Dak are so in sync right now, they're finishing each other's sentences. It, it's him, two things. 
We talked about the red zone offense early in the year. They were really struggling. Well, 18 out of the last 26, they scored a touchdown. Ooh. We talked about pre-snap motion for them to be able to get guys open and give Dak coverage tails and move C.D. Lamb around. Well, they were using it 39% of the year before the bye. Now they're using it 60% of the time. Mm. And then this last game against Washington, you know, that, that blowout game on Thanksgiving, Ugh. 79% of the time they use pre-snap motion. So for me, it's Mike McCarthy saying to everyone that called his offense archaic and said that the game had passed him by and said that he was a terrible coach. He came back and he made the changes wow. that he needed to make to yeah. get his guy rolling. And Dak Prescott is playing at it, not just at an MVP level, but the guy we just talked about in Jalen Hurts. In my, in my opinion, he's above Jalen Hurts right now mm. because of the way that he's played. After the bye, I think he's had four 300 passing yard games. He hadn't yeah. had any before that. They have come back with a vengeance. And him saying that right there, that, that's like the T.O. meme. That's my quarterback because you want him to feel, you're, I haven't done anything yet. You're right about Mike McCarthy to an extent. But Mike McCarthy is not – we do not owe Mike McCarthy an apology. Mike McCarthy owes us an apology because he's doing the things that we said he needed to do. So I respect and I appreciate that Mike McCarthy was able to walk into the building and you say, you know what, our offensive coach stinks. He's me. Let me stop pretending like we have some different offense than what we have. Oh, what they talk about on Get Up? Motion? Oh, I like that. Let me put some of that in the offense. Oh, we can't run the ball? At the beginning of the year, he's like, we're going to run the ball. We're going to take the pressure off Dak. So we have fewer turnovers. That ain't what we're doing. Yeah. And I respect that. I appreciate his yeah. ability to evolve and take the yeah. next step and not be hard and fast in his ways and say, I know best. But I ain't saying sorry for telling him to do the right thing and he finally doing the right thing now. Yeah, trust that, right? Like, that's what we <laughs> talked about the whole time is if you yeah. see what their offense was with Kellen Moore, right, it was all in Dak's hands. And so you came in, you had this mindset change or, hey, we're going to shift our philosophy to be this, you realize it's not going to work. We're not going to end up beating the good teams this way. Here's what we're going to have to do. Put the ball back in Dak's hand. CD has become the receiver that everybody had hoped he would. Brendan Cooks is making plays. Ferguson's coming you know, coming off the end. He's, he's hitting the middle of the field. So when you look at it, everything is kind of coming together. And the defense is producing. Not only are they shutting teams, they're scoring points. Which, oh, by the way, no. when we're seeing all these numbers, let's not forget they score about every week. So Dan Quinn has held up his end of the bargain. Yes. Their defense is playing. Playing good. That's why I would say this team scares people because it's not just offensively. Their defense right. can flip fields, change, and score. Like when you talk about those type of plays, that's what shifts that you know. That's what shifts teams in the playoffs. So Robert says uh, he's playing. He's a he's ahead of Jalen Hurts. Right. But the the one spot where he's not is in the standings, where the Eagles still have a two-game lead. Eagles have San Francisco this week. Cowboys have Seattle this week. And then it's Dallas and Philadelphia again next week. So if things shake out their way, they could theoretically catch Philadelphia with a win that week. Do they – do they need to catch the Eagles if they're going to make a playoff run? Do they need to get that division title and those home games? I think that's their main focus, and it should be. We've all been in the locker room before. We understand that each game is important because it's the next game. Right. But when you look at the Dallas Cowboys and how dominant they've been at home, I mean, this year I think they're, what, 5-0 and They are 5-0, and yes. 5-0 and at home. So they have done things in a way with that crowd, with the, in the star, feeling good about themselves. And when your quarterback is saying they haven't done anything, let me tell you what he has done right now in the league. He's first against man coverage. He's first against the blitz. He's first on third downs. He's first outside the pocket. And he's first against four-man rush. So Dak is playing at such an MVP level. And don't let any coach tell you 
that they don't watch these shows, okay? We did an entire seven-minute segment on Monday Night Countdown weeks ago when we had the Cowboys talking about motion, and they have utilized that to to the highest levels so far. Your division division is important because that's the goal that every team starts with. But I will say this. If you look at the the Cowboys would want the Eagles to win and win out because you've seen at home, although the Eagles have found ways to win, they're susceptible defensively. Mm. Bill scored a bunch of points. The Cowboys scored a bunch of points. You'll see what San Fran does this weekend if they can score. But it it lends you to think, hey, if we get into a shootout, yeah. at least in Philly, we still got a shot, right? Without a doubt. Yeah, that's that. So, so it's not like you go, oh, we're all of a sudden closed up if the Eagles win this division. Yeah, right? obviously much more on this as we go along today and in the coming weeks. And we obviously thank Mike McCarthy uh, for watching. But the penultimate, <laughs> you thank us welcome, Mike. Penultimate, next to last, college football ranking will be revealed tonight at 7 Eastern on ESPN, and one team still in the playoff mix is 11-1 Alabama, coming off this miracle comeback win in the Iron Bowl on Saturday. After that throw, they get there will face Georgia in the SEC title game this weekend. Here's Alabama coach Nick Saban on the narrow escape. So when I went to church yesterday, the first thing I said was, um, thank God what could have happened didn't happen. Joining us now, Paul, uh, what's your reaction to this Saban sort of giving thanks there a couple days after Thanksgiving? Well, Dan, as you may know, Coach Saban is a, is a practicing Catholic, and it is also a fact that he spent, Coach Saban and his wife Terry spent two weeks in Italy last May. Very controversial. Why is he taking two weeks off? I can neither confirm nor deny that he had an audience with Pope Francis. Wow. So maybe that's coming back to, to, to help him here at the end of the, uh, of the Auburn game. Who knows? Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about on Get Up This Morning. We're here to talk about the college football playoff, and because we have Heather Dinich, the world's foremost expert on the college football playoff, I need to ask, if Alabama wins this game, it beats Georgia on Saturday and wins the SEC title, what happens? Two things happen, Dan. The first is that Alabama and Texas could be in a great debate in that selection committee meeting room if Texas wins the Big 12 earlier that day. Because then Texas would have something that Georgia does not, a win against the SEC champs by double digits in Tuscaloosa. And as Sark says, if that was easy to do, more people would be doing it. The second thing that would happen is the committee would have a great headache as to what to do with Georgia with one loss and no conference title. And you have to remember that the bar in that committee meeting room for teams that don't win their conference championship is a lot higher. And I think it's going to be extremely difficult for Georgia or any other team that doesn't win its league this year to get in. Now, if Texas loses, if Florida State loses to Louisville, then you have a door that could open for one of those other teams. But Alabama is going to have a better resume than Texas in the end because no one has a better opportunity to impress the selection committee than Alabama. The committee would have to weigh Alabama's resume against that head-to-head, and it might not be as easy as people think. That's amazing to me. I just want to be clear here. Like, you're telling me that Georgia, two-time defending national champion Georgia, who has yet to lose a game, uh, could be shut out of the playoffs with one loss this weekend, possibly behind a Florida State team that would go in with its backup quarterback. I mean, how much how much of that stuff is factored in, Georgia's uh, recent history and Florida State's uh, current state of their roster? 
Recent history is not factored in, at least it's not supposed to be. Right. Human bias, whatever you want to call it, we'll see what, what happens there. But look, the reality of the situation is it would be unprecedented. No number one team in the era of the college football playoff has fallen out of the top four on selection day. But never before has the field been this deep. It could certainly happen. Wow, this is amazing. Paul, I'm looking at if Alabama wins and Georgia doesn't get in and Texas gets in over Al could, could we be looking at a college football playoff that doesn't have an SEC team in it? Over my dead body. Uh, that's not happening. <laughs> I am not going to allow it, Dan. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll stand outside that door in Grapevine, Texas, and demand it. I mean, you, and I'm not saying that because I, I live and work in, in the SEC. But what I do know is that the SEC is the best conference. I mean, in the, in the AP poll yesterday, I think five of the top 11 teams are from the SEC. And you're going to tell me that Florida State, without its best player, uh, which struggled against a seven-loss Florida team Saturday, deserves to be in, uh, should be in over Alabama or Georgia. I mean, that, that is preposterous. And I don't want to say they need to blow up the playoff because they already did, and, and we're having 12 next year. But it would be, it would be patently absurd. So uh, the other question I had for you guys, uh, Heather, Ohio State loses to Michigan uh, in the big game over the weekend. What does that mean for the Big Ten and Ohio State's chances here? Let's watch that tonight, guys. My biggest question is how far does Ohio State fall in tonight's ranking? And I don't think they'll fall lower than six, but that will be a big clue as to whether or not they can be taken seriously to get in this thing. They do have wins, obviously, against Penn State, Notre Dame. That was the blueprint for them to get in last year without beating Michigan or winning the Big Ten East or the conference title. But last year they needed help too. Remember, it wasn't just those mm -hmm. wins. It was USC losing to Utah on Friday night yep. in the Pac-12 championship game. Ohio State's not getting in this thing without help. I do remember that, and uh, it does seem to be the way of it for Ohio State very often. Uh, thanks to you both for helping clear this up. Obviously, we'll continue to monitor this, especially after the rankings come out tonight. Again, 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. We also have a huge college football weekend coming up. Oregon and Washington play for the Pac-12 title on Friday on ABC. Saturday, Oklahoma State and Texas are in the Big 12 championship, and Louisville takes on Florida State. In the ACC title game, those games are both on ABC. And then Sunday at noon is the exclusive reveal of the college football playoff on ESPN and the app. Coming up, much more NFL talk here on Get Up. A Steelers surge as Mike Tomlin's team finally outgains its opponents. Are there offensive issues behind them? We will tell you when we come back. Plus, who's hungry? Jeff Saturday is pancake. Got an appetizer. We got a little La Frette. It's about to drop it. Hey, y'all all seen the, the uh, Oregon offensive line? We show up every week. Let's check out what they do again. Watch them get all of them down. Oh. They put all three no. on the big no men down. Listen, when you're in a film study, you just all chuckle at these big dummies. Look at Put all three of them down. <laughs> Let them all fall over each other. Shove them down. Talk dress. Oregon doing it again with La Frette. By the way, La Fort Reservoir. Receive it, young fellas, because that's what they do in France. That's deep south France. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back on Get Up with the Steelers, who just days after firing their offensive coordinator, finally outgained an opponent in a game. Steelers had more than four. Yes, I know, but they hadn't done it yet this year. They had more than 400 yards of offense in Sunday's victory over the Bengals. Here's what Mike Tomlin had to say after the game. I'm not trying to paint with a broad brush and, and act like Eureka. You know, we did what we need. We did what we needed to do to win the day, and we'll keep pushing. So, yeah, I mentioned they gained over 400 yards. That's significant because it had been 58 straight games in which they had not managed to do that. So, good. I guess we usually play a bad game or bad sign, so we want to flip that around. Good game or good sign for the Steelers' offense. Great sign. There you oh, go. All right. This is week one for the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense and for Kenny Pickett. And I think that Dan Orlowski made a point a few weeks ago that he didn't necessarily clarify by saying that there were, they're running plays. They're not running an offense. This time they're running offense. And the way that I would define that is the plays build on each other. Yeah. And attacking the middle of the field, if you're going to be a run-heavy team, which they want to be, mm-hmm. you want to then put the linebackers and the safety in conflict by attacking the middle of the field. You see how there is space back there? And what they were doing prior to that is running the ball and then attacking the outside of the field. So the right. corners are out there like, all right, we don't have to worry about the run. We just worry about the pass. The linebackers and the safeties are like, all right, let's be aggressive to the run because we don't have to worry about the pass. But right now, they're building on each other. You can see that they anticipated, how are you going to react to this play? All right, you're going to do that, so we're going to have this. How are you going to react to that? You do that, then we're going to have this. They didn't score a bunch of points, but that'll come. That's the next level. That'll happen in week two of their season. <laughs> right. They scored 16 points. But look, after, even though they were outgained in each of their first 10 games of the year, mm-hmm. they're still 7-4. and four. Mm-hmm. Are they a playoff are they a playoff team? Yeah, this is a playoff team. The fact that they're 7-4 and four and haven't been to the red zone more than four times or at least four times more than once this year, they wow. just did that. Now, they were 1-4 for four in this game, and that's why it was so close. Well, they're not used to being and, there. And, the, and, of course, they, <laughs> they want to increase, increase that ability. But for them to do that for the first time or the second time, let alone this year, is incredible. And when I look at Kenny Pickett, you talk about building an offense and running plays versus running an offense. This guy coming out of college threw more touchdown passes than Dan Marino ever. 
He is an accomplished thrower of the football. And what I saw, you saw the Hembo stat that was on the screen, right? 12 or 14 throwing the tight ends. But when you saw him have a plan, get to the back of his drop and the ball's coming out, almost looked really reminiscent of Tua Tungabayaloa. Getting on that first read, getting the ball out of your hands, being high percentage. They have to believe that Kenny Pickett can do that. I think he showed you his connection with Pat Fryermuth in this game, and he's going to continue to get better. Don't lose faith yeah. in Kenny Pickett quite yet now that they have an offensive coordinator that's going to get them in rhythm. couple things. Great sign. I fully agree, and I agree with what both guys are saying. The issue for the Steelers is they are running the ball really well, like 5.6 yards a carry in yep. the last four games, which opens up a lot in the back end. However, defenses will see now what they want to do, and they will adjust as well. So right. there's going to have to be some – Pickens makes plays, right? Najee Harris lit it up. He played well. But Deontay Johnson, Pickens, these guys are going to have to have explosive plays to complete it because 16 points ain't going to get it done once you hit the playoffs, right? And right. this will be a playoff team. This might, and honestly, might be an 11-win team. Mm. When we get done, this team might go look at their schedule. They may win 11 games. They're yeah. going to be in the dance. And so it's how do we go from now until the playoffs to get our offense where we can really get after teams? Because that's, that's really where they're cutting it now. They're going to get to the playoffs, make no mistake. But when you get there, what can you do? you got to get your offense on board. But I think they're in shape to be able to respond to the changes that they're going to see. It reminds sure. me a lot of, like, yeah. like, basketball. Once you get someone out of position, you start to swing the ball. Right. It's, we're in that situation now. They now have defenses coming in, like, all right, we have to adjust in order to stop this. Once you get them moving, then you take the next step. That's right. They're going to address shots. that. And you take the next step. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like they have an offensive mind now that understands that. And they're 7-4 and four and have been abysmal ooh, ooh. on offense. Right. I was like, they're going to play their best ball down That's the stretch. So Steelers fans should be excited and about what's only going Only get better for oh, Pittsburgh. And it looks like, uh, yes, it looks like they will be back in the playoffs. Unbelievable. But right now, I'm just thinking about pancakes. Me Wait too. Host it, Dan. Let's Way to go. go. Pancakes is one of our favorite things. So let me show you how we're going to get this thing started. Right. Oh, we're back, baby. Bam, bam, bam. bam. Let's go. <laughs> it's a thing of beauty. We can't stop us. We can't stop us. Family Foxworth just spanked pancakes on here. We are back. Can we do one more pick? Oh. <laughs> question I was asked is, are we sponsored today? And the answer is yes. Saturday yeah, night brought to you by IHOP. It is Tuesday. It is Pancake Day. Jeff, what do you got? Here we go, IHOP. Right. Respect. Respect. Here we go, Kansas City Chiefs. Creed Humphrey. Oh, hey, center. That's all it needs to be said. Watch him get out a little screen. Take him. Now watch this. Run. Uh -oh. Run. He's not done. No. Oh, oh yes, sir. Get down. Get on the ground. Oh, turn Jump around. Back. Hey, I love it when they turn their back to you. Like, you trying to get a penalty. You oh, ain't getting no penalty. Finish that thing, baby. Finish that thing. Put him in the dirt. One pancake for dumping him. Creed Humphrey been balling, but you got to love that. You want to put the smack down? Sat him down. One cake. Back, hey, like I'm doing, I'm, I'm, break, I'm breaking, I'm breaking bread around. I'm changing my ways. Christian Wilkins, defensive oh. lineman uh -oh. from Miami. Yeah. Oh, here we go. On the pick. Going back from the Hail Mary. Look at him right here. Oh. Gets him. Oh. oh. Hey, hey, Christian, don't be scared of good offensive guard, dog. Hey, don't be scared of it, dog. I know where you want to be. Look at him taking him and dumping him on the sideline. And then he lands on him and stays there. That's respect, bro. You've seen it done. I like where you are. Hey, offensive guard, we're not. Come on over. Come on over. Come to the good side, baby. Come to the good side. Hey, two on the sat him down. Two kicks right there. We're finishing up right now with Jason Kelsey. Oh. Hey, even Tony Romo said, finishing with the pancakes. That's how we do it. Ending games with pancakes. Pancakes. J 
Jason Kelsey, Malata puts a good block in, washes one, one down. He puts it down. You, you gotta love it. You There's three for that. Bias. You letting that center bias get in. No. Get that, some. That hey, really cover case. zero. We ain't guy. scared. We're, hey, he's trying to sneak in there. No, you can't sneak in there. We're gonna dump it. He walks in the end zone. Yeah, three. On the back. Bam. Oh. Let it know, Jason Kelsey. Not only a center. Sexiest man in the world. Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. He, no, that's not, what I'm talking about, Kelsey. That's what I'm saying. Big bearded white guy. We play center. He's like, oh, yeah. great yeah. block, great block. That's okay. Hey, that was all fantastic. One little correction. Christian Wilkins not switching to guard. He's trying to get a contract. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, we pay big that money on our side, money. too. No, y'all don't. No. Not like when we right, come back right. on Get Up Fly, Eagles Fly, are all these comebacks going to catch up to Jalen Hurts and company? Is Philly really in a class by itself, or do we need to see more? We'll talk about it after we clean up the pancakes. What we got over here? Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 like Josh Allen at the end of the game, over the shoulder. Get get it. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 